Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. We're definitely focused on what we can do better and, uh, and obviously trying to get familiar with the team we're playing this week. Uh, and hopefully we're getting better. You know, I feel like we are when you turn the tape on, uh, but we still don't feel like we've arrived by any stretch. You know, uh, we still feel like um, even if we've had some success the last couple of weeks, that you know, we still feel in the building like yeah, we had success and we won a game, um, but our process you know, just makes us feel like hungry for more. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Slight programming change. Ted Wynn from The Athletic was going to join us, but he's feeling a little under the weather, so we'll catch up with Ted a little bit later. No worries. It's all good. Joe Reedy from the AP will join us at 3.30 to talk all things Chargers. Lincoln Kennedy at 4 to talk all things Raiders. And, of course, Vinny Bonsignor will close us out at 4.30 to talk some more Raiders as he's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now for Raiders practice and really about to get some uh, locker room action going on. Uh, the Raiders just sent out their injury report for Thursday, so we'll go over that real quick. And then we also want to get back to our topic that we had today. Where's your confidence level when it comes to this new staff? Do you think things are heading in the right direction, or are you not quite there yet? You know, where are you at? DeMond said he was at a 7. I feel like 6 to 7, you know, that's that's fair. Anywhere around that range, 6 or 7. Uh, anyone who says they're at a 10 is probably crazy, <laughs> right? I mean, because I don't think there's any way you could be at a 10 right now. Uh, but, you know, I think that being at a two or three is probably a little, you know, a little under as well. Cause I think that there's been strides that this team has made over the past couple of weeks where you could see kind of what it looks like. Is it there yet? Just like you heard Derek Carr in that clip right there. That was from practice yesterday. You know, yeah, they won a game. They won a couple of games, but you know, they, they're hungry for more. So I think that anywhere around middle of the pack, you know, five, six, seven, I guess is, is where I would, I'd put this uh, confidence level right now, but I do believe that uh, the front office has guys in, in place that understand what they're looking for and understand how to put it all together. But let's go over the injury report real quick. We'll hear a couple more sound bites, and then we'll get some more of your calls at 702-365-9200. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R, don'tbebroke.com. Text line uh, brought to you by the TLC, DLC. We definitely appreciate them. So for Thursday, limited guys in practice. Andrew Billings still dealing with the fibula. Running back Brandon Bolden with the calf injury. Josh Jacobs with the calf injury. Denzel Perryman, who was not not listed at all on Wednesday, remember it was a walkthrough, is dealing with a wrist injury. He was limited today, so that's something to pay attention to. Uh, let's see. Also, Kendall Vickers with the back injury. Remember he was limited on Wednesday. He didn't play last week. He was ruled out on Saturday. He did not participate at all today dealing with that back injury. So it sounds like he regressed. Uh, Jesper Horstead with a concussion still did not participate. So that's, uh, you know, again, you can't do anything about a concussion. Just got to let it roll. Guys who participated in it fully, um, Colton Miller, the tackle with the shoulder injury. Alex Bars with a knee injury, wasn't listed on Wednesday, fully participated today. And Lester Cotton, calf injury, fully participated. I ain't going to lie, I almost forgot Lester Cotton was on the team. You know, no disrespect, but remember how much we talked about Lester Cotton in the, in, in, in the offseason training camp and – how much hype there was around his name, and boy, that fell off, that fell off quick, didn't it? It was. I feel like because the guys wanted it for him too. Remember yeah. when we had Richie Incognito on after he retired, yep. and he basically was like, "Hey, man, Lester's gonna be one of the dudes." Yep. And Adam Hill, he was like, "Hey, Lester Cotton." So many people, you know, including in the media and that were a part of the team, were like, "Hey, we expect big things from Lester this season." Right. And hey, I'm not saying like 
got to call a spade a spade. They were wrong. But it was just that anticipation of, hey, this is going to be Lester Cotton's year. Right. Exactly. It felt like it was. And it felt like the, the staff was giving them every opportunity there was for him to go out there and get it. He just didn't go out there and get it. On the Chargers side of things, as far as injury report for Thursday goes, uh, guys who did not participate, wide receiver Mike Williams dealing with the ankle injury and tackle Trey Pipkins the third dealing with the knee injury. And also Corey Lindsley, the center, did not participate dealing with the concussion. So uh, those three guys were out on Thursday. Guys that were limited, Nasir Adderley, the safety, dealing with the thumb injury. He was the only one and then fully participated. Uh, cornerback Bryce Callahan. Uh, with the groin injury, did not participate on Wednesday. Full participant today. Also, uh, Derwin James, dealing with the hip injury, didn't participate Wednesday. Full participant today. And then Khalil Mack was back. All he did is, is rest on Wednesday, and he was back in full capacity today. So there you go. That was the injury report uh, rolled out by uh, by the Raiders and the Chargers for Thursday. We'll get another one tomorrow. And then on uh, on Sunday, about 90 minutes before kickoff, We'll, uh, we'll find out who's active and who's inactive. But I think it's good for the Raiders to see that Nate Hobbs was out there practicing and to see that Josh Jacobs was out there even in a limited capacity. I think that that's still a good thing. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. John in the OC has been very patient. John, appreciate your patience. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Oh, man, how you doing today? Blessed, man, blessed. Right on. Yeah, I would say, uh, man, it's funny that y'all brought up Lester Cotton first off because I was just thinking about that dude today. I was like, where the hell is he? Because right. I didn't know where he was at. Um, but I would say with the with thinking of, with this regime, I'm at like a four. I ain't even gonna lie. Like just a couple okay. of things that they did kind of, you know, got me looking side eye at them. Like not picking up the fifth year option, I get, but then you know they wasted draft capital on all these running backs that pretty much ain't getting no burn other than Samir White, and he's been limited by at best with that. Um, I would also say. You know, the whole Rock Yassin uh, trade, I mean, the numbers ain't really there. So I, I don't really see the value of us, uh, of the Raiders picking him up, as well as this whole, you know, the whole Challenge Jones pickup. I mean, I feel like that was one one of their heart things and not like a, he's great because, you know, everybody saw five of those sacks came during one game. You right. Know? So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, it, I feel like it was fluffed up numbers. And then last, uh, last but not least, I'm still not buying Pat Graham. I really wasn't feeling him after I saw how he did in New York the previous year. And then his press conference also turned me up because he he didn't lock into a scheme. Like, he didn't even know what he was going to do. So that, that kind of left me feeling a little off with that. But aside from that, hopefully they can build from it. But, yeah, I'm at a four right now because just because with the fifth-year options and how they handled some of the trades, I wasn't really feeling that too much. Okay, fair enough. John in the OC, appreciate the call, man. Good stuff. And I'll say I was a big Unique Ngakwe fan. I was a big Unique Ngakwe fan when he was in Jacksonville. <laughs> right? That was like, it felt like now it's about 15 teams ago. He went from Jacksonville to Minnesota to Baltimore to the Raiders. Now he's in Indy. So I was a big fan of Unique Ngakwe because the one thing that you knew about him, he was consistently going to get you eight sacks a game or a season. Not a game. That'd be incredible. Eight sacks a, a season, he was going to get you. You know that for a fact. Like, you can go into the season and know as long as this dude's healthy, he's going to get you eight. And if you go and look at what he's done right now so far this season, he's about eight and a half. Right? I mean, so he's right where he's supposed to be. He's going to do what he does. The one thing I'll say, and the one reason I, I feel like that they moved on from him and traded for Rock was because Unique does really well with Gus Bradley. That's when he has he's his best. 
is with Gus Bradley, and they weren't bringing Gus Bradley back. Now, you could say that maybe that was a bad decision. Maybe they should have held on to Gus Bradley and let him go ahead and continue to run the scheme that he was running. Maybe that's an argument that you could have, but obviously that's not what happened. So they brought in Pat Graham, and with what he wants to do, he, he wanted to bring in a guy like Chandler Jones that fit what he wanted to do and knew his scheme better than a unique Ngakwe. Again, it's easy to go back now and be like, yeah, I probably should have kept unique because at least you're getting production, whereas you're absolutely correct. Chandler Jones got a ton of production in week one last season against Tennessee where he had five sacks and then didn't do a whole lot the rest of the season. And, again, when we had people on from Arizona, when we were talking about Chandler Jones, a couple of them said, yeah, you know, not that big of a loss. <laughs> right? And so when, when all of a sudden a guy that had 10 sacks the season before and, and you're see, seeing people talking about, yeah, that's not a big loss, then all of a sudden it makes you start scratching your head and wonder why. So I get I get where you're coming from with that. You know, the, again, it's always you know easier to, to go back later and say, yeah, probably not a good idea. They brought Rock in. They made that trade for Rock because the Raiders needed corners. They needed corners really bad, and I think a lot of folks were high on Rock coming out of college. I was a big fan of his coming out of Temple. I thought he was going to be a hell of a player, and I think he has moments. Problem is he hasn't, been, hasn't had consistent moments. And so you look at the Raiders' defense and where the holes are, a lot of those holes that they tried to fill, they tried to fill with one-year guys, you know, basically prove-it guys, right? I mean, Andrew Billings is, what, a one-year guy. Rock had one year left on his contract. I know Chandler uh, obviously received multiple years, but Anthony Averett, who's done for the season, one-year guy. I mean, there's so many guys. Bilal Nichols, he was a free agent pickup. He only got a two-year deal, <laughs> right? I mean, most of these guys were one-year prove-it deals, and then I think, and this is why I believe that they're going to address the defense in this offseason because they built up the, the offense. They worked on the offense this year. And I feel like that they're really going to try to put some attention. I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. Next year, you could someone could call in and be like, Hugh, what happened to building up the defense? My bad. All right? This is, again, this is just my gut feeling. This is just what I think. So uh, we'll see how they continue to uh, address it and the areas of need. But I think that GM Dave Ziegler and, and Champ Kelly, the assistant GM, clearly know what they need to, to, to address. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to Raider C's. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Hey, Damon. Um, my confidence level is about a five. Um, okay. I kind of knew this whole time that, you know, it's a three-year process. Um, but I'll make a statement that kind of goes for Ziggler and McDaniels. When they first showed up to Raiders HQ, they didn't even know where the coffee maker was at. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. you, you got to give it time. You know, they're not going to figure out everything. Plus, they're absorbing the other scouting, um, the old scouting team from the Raiders, from the... Uh, Mike Mayock and them. So it's mm, like yeah. they didn't really have their full-on team yet. And, you know, of course it's still going to take a little bit of time. So I say five because not – I don't trust him or don't, but I say year two is where we're really going to see it. And that's just where I feel that it's at. Okay, good stuff, man. I appreciate that. That's a really that's a really good call. And, yeah, Vinny pointed that out the other day on the morning tailgate that, hey, you know, not only – you know, are they going to have a year under their belt with the team, but they're also going to have all their complimented guys. When they went into this draft this year, they went into the draft with the old staff scouts that went out and did all the heavy lifting. So this year, they've got their scouts out there in the field right now. Their scouts are going to be at Allegiant Stadium on Friday for the Pac-12 championship game that, oh, by the way, is sold out. <laughs> sold out. That place is going to be bananas. But they're out there at all these games. They're going to be at the bowl games, the Georgia and LSU game, SEC championship, the Big 12 championship. They're, they're the ones, and they're out looking for what Dave Ziegler wants. 
They're out looking for what Champ Kelly wants. They're out looking for what Josh McDaniels wants, what Pat Graham might want, right? I mean, that. so you bring up a great point, man. That's something that we all have to really take into consideration. Sometimes when you take over any job in life, if you take over something and you inherit a staff, you have to deal with the staff. You have to deal with who they are until you have time to get the staff that ain't cutting it out. And bring in your own guys. I mean, that's that's natural turnover with any job in life, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's just that's just what it is. You know, you 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 have that natural turnover. So that that's a really good point that you brought up, Raider Seats. I definitely appreciate the call. We'll get some more texts and calls coming up in just a few minutes at 702-365-9200, plus our text line, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. But I want to go back to some more Dave Ziegler sound as he was on with Mike Silver on the Open Mic Show, and he was also on with JT the Brick this morning on JT the Brick Show. Definitely go listen to that. You know, I, I hate promoting one and not promote the other because JT's interview was really good. I just didn't know that it was coming, <laughs> right? So uh, it just happened to work out really well, but JT did a great job talking with, with uh, Dave Ziegler. So you can check that out, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast if you happen to miss it. But one of the first things that this front office did when they arrived in Vegas, was lock up some core guys, some key guys, right? They went out and, and made sure Max Crosby was taken care of as he was going into the final year of his deal. Of course, they made the move for Devontae Adams, brought him in. But also, getting back to the, the core guys, at some point, Hunter Renfro was signed. At some point, to some people's uh, you know, upset and, or not, not so happy about, Darren Waller was taken care of. Derek Carr was taken care of. Core guys, why was it so important for the front office to make sure the core guys with the Raiders, the homegrown cats, were taken care of? Yeah, I think just what you said, we're, you know, there was an opportunity there. Those guys all really productive or had been productive in past seasons. And so, um, you know, it was an opportunity we felt to, to kind of get this nucleus of offensive players in Carr, in, in Renfro, and Waller. Uh, that had been here, and, and then Max on the defensive side, who was a young player uh, who's still kind of who's who's obviously still ascending, and so it was an opportunity we felt like to kind of get this uh, you know a core group of players together that had worked together, that had played together, um, that had built some continuity together, and and have them uh, you know and, and kind of you know um, nail those guys down. Um, as foundational pieces. It's been, you know, the game of football, you can't predict what's going to happen from injuries and that stuff. And for, for us, it hasn't really, it hasn't come together at this point because um, we, you know, Hunter's dealt with some injuries, Darren's dealt with some injuries, and we really haven't had the opportunity. Um, I think, and I think we talked about this, I think, you know, between um, Darren, Derek, Josh Jacobs, um, Devante, like those guys have only been on the field together for, you know, under 70 snaps this year. And so we haven't really been able to build the continuity that we hope to build, um, you know, because of the natural parts of the game, because of injuries. And you're going to deal with that at different times. And, you know, it's it's everybody deals with it. But, you know, that's been unfortunate, you know, in terms of what we were hoping to have together and what how it's come together here during the season. Under 70 snaps together is what the core guys, the Hunters, the Darrens, the Devontes, Josh, Derek, those guys have played less than 70 snaps together. That's definitely not enough time to see if, if it can work. And when I mean it, I mean the total package, all the weapons that everyone envisioned heading into the season, what it could potentially look like. It's just not enough, right? And so at some point, 
You've got to see what it looks like, and they've got to figure out what it looks like before they can make any decisions on what, what is good, what's not, what needs to stick, and what doesn't. Right? You, just, you cannot base anything off of 70 snaps. I mean, seriously, 70 snaps. Think about some of the players that you know, it took more than a season or two before they really came into their own. Think about some players that are some of your favorite players. What did they look like in their first 70 snaps? I'll go back to Namdi Asamoah. I was a big Namdi fan. I guarantee you after 70 snaps, I wasn't. After 70 snaps, I was like, man, what's this guy doing? When's this guy going to be the guy that everyone said he's going to be? Hasn't worked out. 70 snaps is nothing. The Raiders' offense last game, just to show you how 70 snaps is nothing, the offensive line played 100% of the snaps. They played 77 snaps. That was last game. 100% 100% of the snaps, 77. And these guys haven't even had a full game, basically, together yet. Got to give it a little bit of time. One guy who's very polarizing all the time is quarterback Derek Carr. He got a contract extension. He's part of that three-year window. But ultimately, the Raiders can make moves anytime they want uh, after this season. You know, they have a few days before or right after the Super Bowl is over to make any kind of decision they want to move on from. I don't think that that's what they're going to do. I believe that he gives them the best chance to win. I don't think Devontae Adams came to Vegas to play with a rookie quarterback or, or any other veteran quarterback. You know, I know, I know there's going to be conversations about Aaron Rodgers. I know there's silly conversations about Tom Brady, this, that, and yet fine, whatever. You can throw all the names out there you want. I believe D.C. is going to be the guy. I do think they're going to address the quarterback position for the future as they try to build right now, but they also try to build to sustain success. I do think that that's going to happen, but I do believe D.C. will be under center next season. Here's Dave Ziegler talking about Derek Carr, his thoughts. The one thing about Derek is he's, he's just high character. Um, hard not to like Derek Carr um, as a human being, as a, as a person, because um, one, he's a good person. Two, he's very passionate about football. He's, you know, he is passionate about the Raiders. Like you said, he's been through a lot of things during his time here. And, um, you know, he's done a really nice job of uh, of again, he's uh, of learning our system. Then I'll, I'll I'll go back. He's had a lot of offensive coordinators throughout his career too, and he's been forced to learn um, a lot of new systems while playing one of the hardest positions in professional sports. And so, um, you know, there's 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 growing pra- pains with that when you have to learn a new system. And he's done a good job, I think, of, of being patient and learning the system. It hasn't been seamless. It hasn't been per- you know a, a perfect uh, a, a perfect um, process, which it shouldn't be. I don't think it is. It's not for anybody um, when you're learning something new. And so he's done a really good job of, of, um, uh, of learning the system, uh, creating relationship with Josh, working through some of the, you know, the kinks that come, come with learning a new system and then having to go produce it on the field with a bunch of new players too, mind you, you know, there's a lot of new players on offense uh, that we signed, uh, you know, based on, a lot of expiring contracts that were that were in place when we came in. And so, um, you know, he's done a good job in just uh, that assimilation process. You saw him this week battle um, in overtime and come through with an overtime victory, which he's done quite, quite often in his career. And so, um, you know, we're just we're just continuing to progress forward and, you know, learn each other and take the small steps that we need to take to continue to build something here. 
GM Dave Ziegler on with Mike Silver right there on the Open Mic Show. Uh, really good stuff breaking down Derek Carr. And, again, this is before. This was recorded before the Raiders had the walk-off victory in Seattle. This was, I believe, Friday was released uh, going into last weekend. So just before uh, the Raiders were able to pick up their second overtime victory in a row. We'll take a break in just a second. I had a couple texts I wanted to get to uh, real quick. One for the 707. I thought this was a really good one. Right now, my trust level is about five or six when it comes to this uh, new staff. But if they beat the Chargers, they will jump to an eight. I think if they win this game, it's going to be on for the rest of the season. Damon, you're at a seven. If the Raiders win on Sunday versus the Chargers, are you still at a seven, or does it raise the value any? It'll get me to an eight, and I'm glad you read that text because I like how he finished it with "it's on." Because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be driving the bandwagon bus up. Hey, they could win out if they win against the Chargers on Sunday. We got a text for the mailman Raider Q. I too was not on the McDaniel's pre-hire, but that was for the Patriot hater in me. LOL. I'm mid on McDaniel's currently, but I'll be all in if he brings us the Lombardi. So there you go, mailman Raider, just trying to bring back a. Trying to bring back a, a Lombardi. Trying to get it one way, one how. Not mad at that at all. Uh, and we'll close out with this text from the 530. This is a really good one. My confidence in the offense is a B. McDaniels is doing fine, uh, a fine job with the injuries. I have no confidence in the defense. D. Free agent signings on defense. Averett, Rock, Jones haven't been good. And Abram went from our starting to out of work. Max is carrying this unit. And as soon as Hobbs comes back, we all ex- as we all expect, Want him to be an instant playmaker. He's good, but we fans are desperate to name him Robin to max his Batman status. So uh, there you go. And I think that Hobbs is going to be a, a welcome addition. But, you know, as Adam Hill pointed out yesterday to us, he was in the locker room still with a club on his hand. Right? So I don't know how good he's going to be. It's interesting. I wish I was there to, to check him out and see what he looked like. And we'll talk to Vinny. And, get, and that'll be one of the first questions we ask. You know, is the club still on Nate Hobbs' hand? And if so, how is he going to go out there? What's the expectations of him going out there on Sunday if they do, in fact, plan on him going out there on Sunday? Speaking of Sunday, the team coming to town is the Chargers. Let's get another preview of what to expect from them when they come to town on Sunday. Joe Reedy from the AP. He'll join us next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 3.28 is the time. Here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Demond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio. And in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Joe Reedy from the AP. who join us to talk all things Chargers as we have a little bit of a breakdown of what to expect for the team headed to Allegiant Stadium this Sunday. Got a tweet from Talk James. He said, hey, Q. The Raiders win this Sunday. Take it to the bank. Hashtag Raider Nation. So Talk James feels very confident about this game on Sunday, and I think this game on Sunday is going to tell you a lot about the Silver and Black and where they're at, uh, especially uh, having two walk-off wins as they've had, both against Denver and against the Seattle Seahawks. Can they parlay that into another win? Can they really start to feel good about themselves, get their feet underneath them, and start winning some games at home? That's the other thing. They've got to start establishing – some some winning traits and winning you know habits at home. They're nine and twelve so far at Allegiant Stadium in the history of Allegiant Stadium. Nine and twelve. They've got to start finding ways to win consistently at home. So Joe Reedy will join us in a few minutes on uh, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Demond, let me know when Joe's ready, and we'll get right to him. But right now we're taking a couple of your texts on our don'tbebroke.com text line. We got a text from LJ. Hey, fellas, my confidence in this new staff is easily at an 8-plus. I say that because it's more than 
what we have seen on the field. It is about the belief and the growth we've seen from the team. The staff takes time to gel, just like the players do. This staff takes a calculated professional approach with the idea of building a perennial power, and I, for one, am with it. Go Raiders. That's from LJ. Uh, great breakdown, my man. Hopefully I see you at the torch on Sunday inside Allegiant Stadium. And that's, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Again, it's about everything. It's not about just the success on the field. It's also the success, as you heard Dave Ziegler say earlier today, uh, it's about the success in the building from the staff to the, the scouts to you know coaches to everybody. It's all about all those guys all being aligned and on the same page. LJ, thank you for that text. We do appreciate you. Joining us now on the phone lines from the AP is our good friend Joe Reedy. And Joe, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And the Raiders and Chargers squared up in week one. How much different is this Chargers team going into week 13 as they head to Allegiant Stadium? Well, quite a bit if you look at injuries. I mean, Joey Bosa isn't playing in this one, and him and uh, Khalil Mack combined for, I think, four, four and a half sacks in that first game. Receivers are receiving core is a little bit uh, still lacking in bodies. Mike Williams did practice today, but probably still questionable going into game time, and they might also be down a couple offensive linemen. So I think in terms of you know, the injuries, it's definitely not the uh, full arsenal of players that they had the first time around. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line, and, of course, we know that Slater, that's the big-time uh, left tackle. He's out. We know that. But, I mean, as far as the other guys, that, and I'm looking at the injury report, uh, look like the center could possibly be out, another tackle be out. Uh, how, how damaging would that be for the offensive line if those guys can't go? I, I think it would it, it would be it would be pretty daunting. It, it, Justin Herbert was probably the best protected quarterback the first nine ten weeks of the season, and the last two he's gone down a combined nine times. Now I know the Raiders are down are among the bottom half of the league in in uh, getting sacks this year, but you know when you're when you're lacking two regular starters um for for the rest of the season like like what they with uh you know your right tackle and center gone and the the rookie left tackle has played pretty well so far in place of Slater but just the amount of just the amount of juggling that they've done on the offensive line this year is uh has been a lot and I think you know the Raiders had it had a span there for a couple of years where it seemed like they they had a different combination going every game. Yeah, no, they really did. Again, Joe Reedy is our guest from the AP here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. As far as their uh, defense goes with the Chargers, they brought in guys in the off season with a sole purpose of trying to stop the run. And Joe, looking at them, they're one hundred and fifty yards a game. They're giving up on the ground. Why has it been so difficult for the Chargers to figure out how to slow down the run game? Given up a lot of big runs. Uh, that that was one of the things early in the season. I think they they had a four or five week run where they uh, gave up at least a forty yard run every game. Now teams are just grinding it out. They've had some injuries to the defensive line. You look at uh, Austin Johnson, who they brought in to kind of be one of those guys to clog up the middle as a run stopper. He's he's lost for the rest of the season. The uh, rookie from UCLA has uh, he'll be lost for the rest of the year too. So they've had a lot of lot of holes to plug in terms of the defensive line, and I also think too the the, the linebackers 
haven't been as solid stopping the run as they were as they were early in the season. I think especially to the outside, that's where teams teams have found most of their success in terms of popping the big ones. Joe Reedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on the Say Roughness, talking all things Chargers. My man demond has got one for you. I wanted to jump back over to the offensive side of the ball and talk about Justin Herbert. You mentioned to some of the injuries on the offensive line, and that's obviously going to affect the quarterback. But just looking at him statistically, he's over 60% on his completion, leading the league and completions. But I still feel like he's not having a standout year. What do you think about Joe, Justin Herbert's season so far? He's he's done more with less than than probably anyone, and I think like nineteen of the first thirty six, thirty seven games he threw for over three hundred yards. He hasn't had a three hundred yard game since week four, but that's that's due I think a lot to injuries to the receiving court. You lose a Mike Williams and a Keenan Allen who both who were both out for two games. That takes a that takes away an intermediate to deep threat. There were a lot of games where Justin was just checking it down, screen passes to Eckler or to three to four yard patterns to uh, Gerald Everett. Now it has expanded the past couple weeks with Keenan Allen back in, and I think they're averaging maybe two to three attempts of twenty yards or more. But the, the air yards are definitely down. But I think in terms of managing an offense and dealing with adversity that he hadn't dealt with the first two years, he has definitely had a crash course in it this year and also with his uh, rib injury in week two also. So I think a lot of this stuff that he didn't face his first two seasons, he's definitely facing this year. And I think in terms of managing the game and finding a way to get his team in position and victories, he's done that because let's face it, four out of six weeks they've fallen behind by double digits, and a and four times they've been able to pull it out. Most of the time, it's been on the road too. So that I think that also can't be uh, overlooked. You mentioned the receivers being out, Keenan Allen, now Mike Williams. Mike Williams was not a participant in practice today with that ankle injury. What's your feeling for him being ready to play on Sunday? I I would still be surprised if Mike plays. I I think with high ankle sprains, those things are never right until until the off season. And he tried coming back, maybe rushing back a little too much in that Kansas City game, and he caught one and had to leap up and get it and kind of reaggravated it. So I think until Mike is as close to. I mean, you're never 100% at this time of the year, but if he's as close as possible to where maybe he can jump and do some of the things during a game that's expected, he'll he'll return then, but uh, definitely not this week. How much has uh, Austin Eckler really kind of been that, that lifeline for the Chargers in their offense since they have had so many injuries? Oh, definitely. I think he's always been good catching the ball out of the backfield, but has really excelled in it so far. I think he has 80 receptions, which is the most ever by running back at this stage in league history. And he's had like three, four games where he's had 10 or more receptions. I think maybe the touches that Austin has received has been a little bit more than maybe what what has been expected going up to this time of the year because they haven't found a consistent second running back. 
Rushing yards definitely aren't there, but with what he can do, uh, getting the ball out of the backfield as a receiver has uh, definitely come through. What would you say right now, and maybe Austin Eckler is the answer, but what would you say is the biggest strength of this Chargers team? Um, I think their ability to, and I would look at it more mentally than playing in X's and O's wise, their ability to not flinch. I mean, when you fall behind by 10 points at Arizona in the second quarter and give up as many yards on the ground that they did, and yet find a way to rally in the fourth quarter to win, I mean, this, this is a team that is kind of it kind of defies conventional wisdom. Very rarely are teams supposed to win when you throw it forty or more times in regulation, and you're not supposed to keep winning when you fall behind by ten or more points on the road. And they've continued to do that since week six, and the two times they've had a lead going into the fourth quarter during this span against. Uh, Kansas City and San Francisco they've lost so it's almost it's almost like they've it's almost like uh down is up with this team <laughs> and uh the maybe maybe the earth's flat who knows Joe Reedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. We're talking all things Chargers and Raiders as they square up week 13 at Legion Stadium. Just got a couple more questions for you. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, you're mentioning how it seems like this team is everything that's down, it's up. They're 6-5, and five, but they keep, keep finding a way to win these games. But in those five defeats, what has been the common theme for the Chargers and how they've lost those games? Uh, the two things that, that were the same as last year really didn't stop the run and can't get off the field on third down. They were supposed to, they made all those defensive signings in order to do that this season, and it's it's still a problem. And for Brandon Staley, who came in kind of with a uh, defensive pedigree, the fact that this defense still continues to struggle and give up as many points as they have continues to be a problem. This, the, the one thing is this team gotten plenty of sh- shootouts last year and was able to win that's kind of the case again this year but i think that catches it catches up to you late in the season and we'll see going into december january if it does you mentioned brandon staley have you seen him evolve enough as a head coach to feel comfortable about his long-term uh tenor there i i th- i think so i he's not as a ag- as aggressive on fourth downs, maybe this year that he was in the past, but I think getting a punter that can put the ball at the 20 and get you field position has definitely helped. Um, and I also think that he's kind of still learning the strengths and weaknesses of this team, but also learning in terms of the personnel what he can do with this unit. And this team has definitely had to adjust a couple times due to injuries and everything that is that has gone on this year. For the Chargers to win this game, come to Allegiant Stadium and take this game from their AFC West division rival, the Raiders, what do they have to do? Well, Josh Jacobs under 100 yards rushing because I, I, I think he'll, he'll get 100 scrimmage yards, but they've got to hold him under, under 100 yards rushing. And I think also also win the turnover battle too because I think whoever wins a turnover battle in this game is going to win also. And let's face it, these are two teams that 
are coming in with a bit of momentum right now. The Chargers after a big win against Arizona, but the Raiders maybe with more momentum after two overtime wins, and especially after they did last week. And this team still still remembers Week 18 last year. So I think they've still got a little bit to prove. They didn't prove it in Week 1, but now they come back to Vegas for the first time since that game. You know, you mentioned Josh Jacobs, and, and I wanted to ask you about Devontae Adams. In week one when they played, obviously Devontae had a big game. He had nine catches, I believe. A really good game. But they also had Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro out there. This time it's going to be Devontae Adams and, and, and others, right? Mac Hollins and, um, you know, Keelan Cole, but not Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. How do you think the Chargers in their secondary, uh, how they plan on kind of uh, trying to, to, to slow down Devontae Adams? Let's put it like that. I think I think try to try to make sure he doesn't beat him over the top. I think it, the the, uh, the de- defensive matchups will probably be the same as the first game because they did have J.C. Jackson in that first game playing for playing for the Chargers, and he's now out the rest of the year with a knee injury. I think Michael Davis has gotten has improved, and uh, but I also think Asante Samuel has improved as well too. Okay, there it is. Joe Reedy from the AP. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe give Raider Nation a little bit more to think about and, and read up on the charges as they prepare for Sunday. I uh, did something on the offensive line yesterday, and I might do something on uh, might do something on special teams tomorrow. Ooh, there you go. Special teams is always something to pay attention to. I'll say this, Joe, and this has been my prediction. Uh, Amir Abdullah for the Raiders, I keep feeling like he's really close at breaking one and taking one to the house. So if you see 22, get a chance to return that ball. And if he takes it to the house, remember where you heard it first. <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Thank you, my man. <laughs> There's right, Joe. All right. Have a good one. There's Joe Reedy from the AP. He's like, I wasn't impressed with that, Q. <laughs> good guy right there. Good guy. Does a great job covering uh, the Chargers down there in L.A. for the AP and appreciate a few minutes of his time. I gave him that nugget, man. Now watch. If Amir Abdullah breaks, it, he's going to be like, you know what? I heard from a radio show I was on earlier this week. They felt like Amir Abdullah was close. Just saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride that out, man. I'm going to ride that out every single game until he breaks one the rest of the way this season. I promise you it's going to happen. He's going to break one. And look, I can use the rest of the, the, the games. I can. And most people will say that's too big of a window. No, it's not. Because you know how large the window is since the Raiders last return to kickoff? <laughs> That window is large. That's a window that me, you, Adam Hill, Vinny, Clay, <laughs> Heidi, JT, everyone could jump out at the same time. That's how large that window is. Bobby, all of us could all jump out that same damn window. That's how large. That's 345 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts. It's Radio Nature Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Just had Joe Reedy on from the AP talking all things Chargers and Raiders Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Of course, we'll get our final preview tomorrow. We'll check out the final injury report heading into the weekend. Get you ready for a 125 kickoff at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Excited about that. Of course, we'll have Q's kickoff. That'll be around 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. to about 1.15-ish. And then JT the Brick and Eric Allen will take off. Or not to one fifty. I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm tripping. Ten o'clock to about eleven fifteen ish. Sorry, I said one fifteen. Hell, the game kicks off at one twenty five. Man, I took over the whole damn thing. <laughs> what are you doing, Q? You're getting a little greedy there. <laughs> Can't help yourself at all. 
at all. <laughs> Man, I, I got a problem. I got a real problem. So 10 a.m. to 11.15, excuse me, and then around 11.20, JT and Eric Allen will take over and lead you all the way to kickoff <laughs> with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. Again, at 125 is official kickoff, and you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Cliff Branch is going to be his, – his sister is going to actually receive the, the Hall of Fame ring that people who have passed now the the league, and I know Mark Davis has been working on this for a long time to make sure that they get rings as well. Uh, They're going to get rings now. And so Cliff Branch, who unfortunately is no longer with us, his sister will be receiving his Hall of Fame ring. So that's a ceremony that you could check out uh, at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday as well. So that should be a lot of fun. And similar to when Richard Seymour had his number put on the Hall of Fame wall, there at Allegiant Stadium, uh, right behind Section 206. That's going to happen as well on Sunday. Uh, I think that's going to be around 12 o'clock, so something else to pay attention to. If you're at Allegiant, you're walking around, you want to check something out, definitely go over there, hang out right behind 206, and that's that Hall of Fame wall where everyone who's in the hall is on that wall. So go ahead and check that out as well, something I'll definitely make sure I make my way over to. But that's for Sunday. We're trying to get you ready for that game, and, Want to hear from you. We've had a lot of fun conversations so far, a lot of great calls and texts, 702-365-9200. Of course, our, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Trying to figure out your confidence level right now with this new staff. Are they heading in the right direction? What is your gut feeling? Good, bad, ugly? It doesn't matter. Let us know why. Uh, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, I like this text from the 323. I don't know if you saw this one, Damon. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say I'm at 11. I like Josh. I think he's doing a fantastic job. MD. And that goes back to uh, the conversation a few weeks ago when Mark Davis came out and uh, said that Josh is doing a fantastic job. So that's, a, that's one of our faithful listeners being pretty funny with us and uh, giving us the Mark Davis business. But we appreciate that. I do. Uh, from the 310, Big Dub Raiders at Q. This is my pregame show now. LOL. 10 to 115. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, though. That is funny, man. That is funny. I, didn't, I don't know how. I don't know what made me think 115. That's, man, that's a hell of a pregame show, or a pre-pre-show. You imagine that? Hey, man, I got the pre-pre-show. I'll go ahead and pass the sticks on at 115. Y'all got about from 115 to 120, and then you pass the sticks on to Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy for the official kickoff. That's a cold game right there. Stick to the clock, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the clock. Cucamonga Raider hit us up. What's up, fellas? You need to do a PSA that everyone should be loud as hell on Sunday. We need everyone on their feet for all four quarters. Everyone needs to come in pumped up because last time I went to a game, it was a damn shame. People were telling fans to sit down. If you want to sit down, go to a baseball game, damn it. I'll be there with my boy for a father-son trip. He's only eight, but he's psyched and wants to meet you too, Q, if you'll be there. Take care, guys. Cucamonga Raider. Yeah, I'll be there for sure. I'll be there bright and early. I'll probably be one of the first inside the building. I get there about 9 o'clock and and get set up for the show that starts around 10. And then I'll be at the torch. I'll be at the torch until uh, close to noon when it's that time to go over to Section 206 and see Cliff Branch and that ceremony. So, yeah, I mean, and that's a great place. Forget me. The, the torch is a great place to hang out anyway. That's where everyone gathers and takes their pictures and, you know, just meets, meets and greets with uh, plenty of Raider Nation. That's just a good place to be, right? And then, of course, while JT and Eric Allen are doing their show, there's always great guests that they have from Jason Horowitz. Sometimes it's Lincoln Kennedy. Sometimes it's Paul Gutierrez. Sometimes it's Freddie Belitnikoff. They've had C. Wood up there, Marcel Reese. I mean, they always have someone roll out that Jim Plunkett is a guest up there a lot. I mean, there's always a really good guest. So sometimes I'll, I'll stand there in, in, in front of the stage and be like, damn, 
<laughs> that's a really good guess you got there, right? I mean, and that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, it's definitely a show when you get to go to Allegiant Stadium, man, and you get to uh, hang out at the Torch. And like I said, there's the big bar right there. A lot of folks are getting drinks and hanging out and taking a lot of pictures, DeMond. I mean, you've been there enough. You know that is picture central right there. 99% of the pictures taken at Allegiant Stadium are right there on the Coors Light Landing. It's so perfect for the selfie, especially while the show's going on. If you can get JTEA and then whoever the guest is in the background of your selfie, and then you turn around and you're right there by the torch, and also you turn around again and you've got the entire stadium right yeah. behind you. you got the field right behind you. So you've got three perfect selfies to post if you go see the pre-pre-game show or the pre-game show. Yeah, no doubt. And when I was doing the pre-pre-show, uh, a few weeks ago, Iggy Azalea was performing, and she was just warming up. And it was funny because, I one, I hadn't seen Iggy Azalea in so long. And I thought it was kind of silly that she was even there performing because, well, it had been so long. you know. But anyway, she was there. And I remember Vinny had taken a picture from the press box because he came and joined me uh, on set there to, just to talk about the game. And he had taken a picture from the press box and then, and then tweeted it out of Iggy, I guess, you know, warming up or whatever. Basically, her people asked to have that picture taken down, so, so Vinny was like, yeah, no problem. All right, but I mean, I guess, I guess they didn't want to let the cat out of the bag that she was warming up, or maybe she wasn't you know, dressed the way she wanted to be dressed for pictures, but it's not like he was up close to personal. It was a press box picture, so you know how far the press box is from the stage, but I just thought that was pretty funny, uh, and it's... It made me laugh because I think about me and I'm sitting at the stage when she started to perform and I had thought about going over there myself and, you know, being like, wow, that's really Iggy Azalea. Like, that's a blast from the past. Because, I mean, I ain't heard that damn fancy song and I couldn't tell you how long. Now, it ended up becoming a funny little bit. No, I'm serious. It did. It became a funny little bit, man, between her and Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. I thought that was cool. For like a week, that song haunted Tashawn. Everywhere he went, like, he heard that song. He went to the gym and he walked in the door and Fancy was playing. I promise you, dog. I hadn't heard Fancy in so long. I don't even think – no, I did play it. I was about to say, I don't even think I played it, but I did play it. That's right. I, I played it. I remember that's when Charlemagne the God was a big a big fan of uh, of Iggy Azalea at, the po- at, at one point. wonder why. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, yeah, that's it, that was funny, man. So uh, you, you get to see the performances when Nelly when Nelly performed. He wasn't there when I was doing the pre-pre-show, but the soundtrack was playing. So I remember in, in, during the show saying, I have a pretty good idea Nelly's going to be here today. Especially we had just saw him at the M Resort as well on that Friday night. A bunch of uh, folks had come into town from Texas, and uh, they were hanging out with us. And so we went over to the M Resort and, and saw Nelly. And uh, there's always uh, some good act uh, on stage. So uh, whoever it's going to be will be someone really good. And so you, it's, it's, it's always a fun time at Allegiant Stadium. So I tell you all this to say, have a good time when you're at the game. 356 is the time. When we come back, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy. He'll kick off hour number three of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.